past. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Batman Universe podcast. I'm Dustin. And I'm Carl. Glad to be back again. And of course this is the Batman Universe podcast. Uh, Just want to start out by saying uh, thanks to all who are listening. Um, We do have a couple um, listener responses. As always we'll talk about movie news, TV news, book news, general news. We'll have comic reviews. We'll have our topic of discussion, which is the second part of the Batman animated universe, as well as our forgotten villain, which is going to be, um, let me check that real quick, Torque. Now, a lot of you probably don't know who Torque is, and that's why that's why we'll be talking about that person today. All right, and I will be coming through a lot clearer this week, simply because I went out and got myself a new microphone because I was fed up of how I sounded on the last one. And I'm sure everyone who listens will be glad for that. I know I am. Uh, (laughs) So let's just jump right into it and get into movie news. Um, On February 29th, uh, the fine folks over at worldsfinestonline.com are reporting that the Batman voice legend Kevin Conroy is voicing Batman in the upcoming Batman Gotham Knight. The specifics, like he is the only Batman in the feature, are not known as of yet. Now, we all know Kevin Conroy for his role as playing Batman in the Batman animated series, as well as Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. The Uh, Tim, the the, um, Bruce Tim universe. Yes, and a lot of people were disappointed when they started the the current Batman cartoon, and he was not voicing it, but at the same time, a lot of people disapproved of that uh, series in in of, of itself, so... We'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely jump into that later during the topic of discussion, but just wanted to throw that out there right off the bat because that was the first piece of news that we had. Um, yeah, I'm very happy about that. And like you said, we'll get in we'll get into more of the Batman animated universe and talk more about Kevin Conroy later on. Um, on March 5th, MTV interviewed original big-screen Joker Jack Nicholson, who talked about sleeping pills and meeting up with the late Heath Ledger about playing the villain in The Dark Knight. And the interview basically went as... Uh, MTV says, When we spoke last, we talked about Batman, but it was before the tragedy with Heath Ledger. Nicholson, that was horrible. I had an ambient experience. I don't react well to sleeping pills. Someone said, try this, there's no hangover. And I got an emergency call in the middle of the night and had forgotten I'd taken one. I fell asleep at the wheel about 100 yards from my house, a couple blocks in either direction, and I've, and I've been in a really bad accident. When the news first came out and I heard sleeping pills were involved, I tried to warn people. MTV replied, is there a lesson to be learned from what happened? Nicholson replied, one of the things I... I know doctors would like is good feedback in their direction. If you take a pill, have the presence of mind to check yourself out and see if it's actually acting so you can give feedback to the medical person. MTV said, how long was how long was your incident? Nicholson replied, that's got to be three or four years ago. I didn't know Mr. Ledger, but the town is very sad on his behalf. MTV said, you never met him? Nicholson replied, 
No, I'd never met him. I would have tried to have a fun talk with him about the Joker. Which is very different to the last time, where he basically said that, because he obviously didn't know about this new film, and he was saying uh, that it was going to be a sequel, and he didn't know there was going to be a sequel, and he was annoyed that they didn't ask him. Yeah. And I found that really, really egotistical. Yes. But this time he's changed his tone. Um, if if you've if anybody's bought the the four Batman movies, the special edition versions, there's a little documentary um, for Brilliant each. Brilliant one. Yes, for each for each uh, of the four Batmans, there's a documentary, and then the first documentary for the Batman 1989, uh, they they make reference to uh, Jack Nicholson, how much he actually made off of that Batman series. Um, any Batman merchandise that you see the yellow, the the very common yellow emblem with the bat symbol in the middle, he makes money off of. Did you know that? <laughs> what you mean, like even in the comics? Well, not in the comics, but uh, the, the comics were a little different. But basically, oh, uh, you, you kind of got cut out there. Sorry, anything to do with the 1989? Yeah, basically anything that had to do with the Batman 1989, as well as even the the symbol for the Batman Returns, even though it wasn't yellow, he was still making money off of that because part of his contract was that. He had, he would get um, a certain percentage of all the merchandise having to do with Batman, and because there was four films, he actually made out of, he made off of all those movies a decent amount of money. Well, in Batman and Robin, it was a different symbol. Yes, it was a different symbol. It wasn't specifically just about the symbol. It was more of a, hey, I, I'll, I'll, I'll play Joker, but I want something in return. And at the time, Warner Brothers didn't even know if the first Batman was actually going to do very well. They expected it to do well, but they weren't positive. So they wanted to get a decent cast in. So this was their way of getting a very well-known actor into their movie. And ended up he ended up making a decent off of it. <laughs> very good joke, but this one will be very different and... And it's a good job that he changed his tune after what happened. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I believe that this is going to be a different interpretation and more true to the comics, in my part, in, in my opinion. More of a psychopathic uh, killer mm. than, you know, just a funny guy who kills people here and there. Yeah. The, the other one was, uh, like, Cesar Romero, if he had gone a bit more mad. Yeah. All right, well... On uh, March 7th, if you listen to my advice that I gave in the last podcast about how there was a, uh, I believe in HarveyDent.com, there was a place where you could put your phone number and your email address in, um, you would have actually received a phone call from Harvey Dent himself on Friday, March 7th. And what actually, did he say? Because I'm over here. Actually, I'm going to play it for everyone so that everyone can okay. hear it. So let's play that now. Hello, I'm Harvey Dent, Assistant District Attorney of Gotham City. I'm calling to ask for your support. We all know what's wrong with Gotham. Crime is out of control. And instead of protecting our streets, too many cops have become criminals themselves. This is why my mission has been to stamp out police corruption. And this is why I'm considering a run for District Attorney. But I can't do it alone. I need to know if you, the people of Gotham, want change. Do you want a Gotham free from the grip of criminals and the corrupt? 
Are you ready to join a crusade to take back our city? If this is a change you desire, if you're fed up with living in fear, go to IBelieveInHarveyDent.com and see how you can join the struggle to take back our city. I'm ready to fight for Gotham, if you are ready to fight too. Hello. And that's basically what the phone call was. That's pretty good. And it was, it was very, it was kind of unexpected because I was sitting here watching TV and suddenly I get a phone call from some number that had 10 zeros in it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, who the heck is calling me? And Harvey Dent. And I pick it up and he's like, hello, this is Harvey Dent. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Com completely, completely took me by storm. And but I thought it was a prank, did you? No, I didn't actually think it was a prank because I recognized his voice because I'm familiar with Aaron Eckhart and his uh, other movies. But it was it was completely it caught me off guard, and I was just very surprised and also excited at the same point. Okay, that's pretty cool. I like the fact that it's going along with the one that was the newspaper online and the stuff with Harvey Dent, Spot Harvey Dent and stuff. It's basically saying that. Is it going to be set in the real world? Are the treating you very realistic and stuff? And as if Gothic, Gotham is a real place. Yeah, and it also makes it more interesting because it also is not only making it like it's a real place, but also making it as it could be a real place here and now, and not like this is a futuristic place in the future. Or a gothic. Yeah, or or sort of. super gothic like the first couple Batman's, or super over the top like. Uh, Batman Forever, Beyond. Batman and Robin. So, um, I, I definitely like their their realistic take on it, especially in Batman Begins, like where they uh, he, uh, Bruce Wayne goes and sees Lucius Fox, and he's telling him different parts or telling him the different items that he has, and and it's all real, and it's and it's all completely real things that really could be in this er, in today's society, which is interesting. Very different take, very good take in my opinion because I think Batman is the best character because he's setting the real world really. And exactly. when you do that, you can set him in the real world. And if you think about it, that character could really exist in real life if the police were that incompetent and somebody was that, you know, driven. Yes, exactly. So also on March 7th, um, so if you went and saw 10,000 BC here in the U.S. Um, in hopes to Sorry. see the, the new Dark Knight trailer, I do apologize for the pain that you might have gone through. Um, although it was from a good source rumor that the trailer, the new Dark Knight trailer was going to be attached to 10,000 BC, um, and many days of speculation prior to its release, ended up that it was the same Joker trailer that we saw back in December in front of I Am Legend. Um, we're looking, right now we're, we're expecting that the new trailer is going to tie in with this new viral marketing that's going on with, uh, I believe, in HarveyDent.com. Um, and they're saying, well, on, if you go to the website, I believe, in HarveyDent.com, you'll notice that there's a thing at the very top that says, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that part later on because there's some other stuff that has to do with that. But uh, same trailer, that basically. Yeah. Um, on March 10th, the New York Times published four new shots from The Dark Knight. Um, I'll actually provide links to those so everyone can see those uh, see those pictures. Um, also, I'll also provide a link 
on the webpage to the Harvey Dent voice or uh, phone call that was made out to everyone so everyone can hear it on their own if they want. Also on March 10th, um, Warner Premiere and DC Comics launched the official website for Batman Gotham Knight, which as I've said before, hits DVDs and Blu-ray disc on July 8th, 2008. Um, at, at this site, you can view a high-res version of the recent featurette on film that was leaked to YouTube not so long ago that I talked about the last time on the last podcast, as well as you can sign up to receive updates about the movie. On March 12th, um, I believe in Harvey Dent, um, the site was updated. Um, now, one of the things that the last two things in movie news that I have is really all about I believe in Harvey Dent.com. Now, unfortunately for you, Carl, um, this doesn't really apply to the UK. It's mostly just US. But there's these things yeah. called the Dentmobiles. And the Dentmobile is basically these vans that are going to be driving across the United States in a political like fashion, similar to. You know similar campaigns that we have in the, here in the U.S., where awesome. where they will go around and basically pass out different things to promote uh, Harvey Dent running for office. And there is a schedule online. So if you're in the U.S. and or well, I guess if you're in the U.S. or Canada or Mexico, or in your Canada or Mexico, and you want to travel up for one of these dates, obviously you're more than welcome. Um, the schedule is online at I believe in HarveyDent.com, and you can see it. I will actually; it'll be in my area next week, uh, next next sometime next week. So I will actually be driving about two hours out to go see the Dentmobile. I'll try to get some pictures as well as uh, the little free things. They were at um, on March 13th. They actually hit the road and started out in New York and Chicago, and they were handing out. Um, I believe in Harvey Dent t-shirts, buttons, bumper stickers, all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to try to get some of that stuff and get some pictures of the Dentmobile and stuff so I can post them online for everyone. That's really cool. I really like how they're going with this of like, if you got this and you didn't know about Harvey Dent and the Dark Knight and all that and Batman, you'd be like, oh, who's Harvey Dent? I might vote for him. Exactly. And what's really cool about this is, is uh, I read some reports from some people who went to the one up in Chicago and they there was well one guy in specific he was at the the Dentmobile got some free stuff was I guess holding some signs up saying vote for Harvey Dent and about a half hour later he was getting on the train and was hearing a bunch of people on the train say who's Harvey Dent I didn't know he was running for office I didn't know and then someone and then uh some guy some guys that were probably in their 20s 30s some in their 40s were all had these smiles on their face because they knew who Harvey Dent is because they grew up. Yeah, they grew up knowing he's Two Face. So, I think it, I think I think they're taking a very good approach to this to make it brilliant, brilliant marketing, very yes. innovative. And the best part is this is like probably this is like probably the cheapest marketing you can get, but it's going to spread like wildfire. It's That's, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, exactly. This is I mean. Everyone knows word of mouth is really what sells something. I mean, for for instance, 10,000 BC. I sit here and say it sucks. 
I'm sure that most of the people listening to the podcast who haven't seen it probably aren't going to see it just because I'm saying it sucks. I mean, that's just the way it works. People take other people's opinions and other people's comments to heart, and that's just the way it is. And I really like the way Warner Brothers is going about doing this. And instead of spending the $2.8 million for an ad during the Super Bowl that wouldn't have helped really at all, like Iron Man did, I really don't. I, I really think this is really what's going to make this movie number one this year. So, this this is going to be um, for people of our generation. It's going to be like 1989 was. Yeah. It's going to be huge. I I completely agree with that. Okay, let's jump into TV news. All right, so I did confirm the Batman um, the t- cartoon series um, is over. It's done. And personally, for me, thank God. I am so glad that it is gone because, honestly, I didn't believe that that series really followed anything to heart of the comics nor anything else that has to do with the Batman universe. It just kind of went on its own direction. Talk about more of that that later. Yes. Um, But I will say, give you the last two episodes, which were on March 8th. Uh, They were two half-hour episodes that were back-to-back. Um, the first Justice League. Yeah, the the first episode. called Justice League. Yeah, the first episode was basically the superpowered members of the uh, Justice League began began disappearing one by one. Only Batman and Green Arrow are left to investigate and discover that old enemies are involved. Part two was the heroes fight their android counterparts to recover the Justice League's powers while the joining. prepares for its final assault on Earth. Now, personally, this is like um, their failed attempt to, while our Batman series sucked, so we're going to try to bring in as many Justice League characters as possible to try to boot this up. That's the last series, though, wasn't it? Yeah. No, the last series, they basically said, you know, screw that Batman is supposed to be in the real world. Screw, you know, that best part of the character. Let's bring in all the other, you know, regular superheroes and see where we can get an even more audience. Yeah. I mean, Superman did make a couple appearances in the animated series, the Bruce Tim one from the 90s. But at the same time, he wasn't making appearances like the Justice League characters were making appearances all, the, or well, pretty much this entire season. It was well, just kind of ridiculous. Just like a... A feature, an actual series of itself. Yes, it was. It was uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And honestly, those two series were very, very good series by themselves. I mean, this <clears> approach. I watched that Batman Superman movie. Yes, um, the the Justice League that's interpreted in this cartoon is nothing like the Justice League Unlimited and Justice League from the early or from about five or yeah, about five years ago. Um, nothing like it. Those those two series were great, and I really would, And that was another Bruce Tim series, and that was really really good. They actually had really good storylines that actually all molded together. Even though they could be standalone episodes in itself, they were still very very good, and making it a story arc. But we'll get into that later. Um, on to book news. Uh, we got two books to report. March 19th, we have Batman the Killing Joke Special Edition. The classic awesome. Batman, the, which is a very, very, very good uh, book. Uh, the classic Batman tale by Alan Moore and 
Moore and Brian Bolin returns in an all-new special edition. This edition celebrates the 20th anniversary of the landmark work. Features an all-new coloring by Boland and including the story an innocent guy previously featured in Batman Black and White. This will be 64 pages, color, hardcover, and $17.99 US dollars. That's going to be really good, especially for me, because uh, of all the 80s classics that I've been collecting recently, that's the one I haven't seen. I was lucky enough to actually, once, uh, this was actually about last July, but once the hype started happening about the Batman movie, I figured I needed to jump on getting the, the books that possibly could deal with it. So I or could influence Heath Ledger in his performance. Exactly. So I snatched up The Killing Joke, uh, The Man Who Laughs, which isn't that old, but it's still something um, that they're they're kind of saying it could have something to do with. Um, I snatched up those two. And right now, I mean, what I paid for them, they're, they're worth a lot more than what I paid for them. And this will be a good thing because there's not as many Killing Jokes out there as... A lot of people oh, yeah. wish, so... I, I managed to get up in my local place. I managed to get um, Dark Knight Returns and uh, Arkham Asylum, which are the ones I really heard about from like Batman documentaries and stuff being promoted. But the other one was Killing Joke, and I couldn't see that. Yeah. On uh, All right, on to the next one. March 26th, we have Nightwing The Lost Year. This volume, collecting Nightwing 133 through 137, and Nightwing Annual Number 2 explores the lost year of Dick Grayson's life after he quit being the Dark Knight's partner and before he joined the new Teen Titans. It's the year of a friend, a foe, and a love from the past returned from darkness to haunt him and change his life forever. 160 pages, color, soft cover, and $14.99 US dollars. Okay, on the general news, I actually have a decent amount. Um, March 2nd, um, it was announced that you can now pre-order the books for The Dark Knight on Amazon.com, including all the novelizations and more. Um, check that out. Um, I did. I did see you can't. You can pre-order them, but they're not going to be available until sometime in June. So that's that. Um, also on March second, you can now check out an animated video of The Dark Knight coaster coming to Chicago, Chicago's Six Flags Great America in April. Um, that was the roller coaster that I was talking about the last episode. Uh, now they have a video of it. It's not the greatest video in the world, but I will be providing a link so everyone can check that out. Also on March 2nd, um, the new trailer for the Lego Batman, the video game, is now online and can be watched using um, the link that I will be providing. The, the game will hit stores in September. And actually, That's going to be pretty cool. And actually, the, the trailer, actually, I like the idea of the Lego Batman. Um, I did like the idea of the Lego Star Wars video games, but Lego Batman was something I really wanted them to do when they started doing the Lego Star Wars, and yeah. Lego Batman came out, like the Lego Batman toys. But uh, this it looks really interesting. Um, they don't have all the villains that I wish they would have, but they do have, obviously, Joker, Penguin... Um, Killer Croc, Harley Quinn, Scarecrow. I uh, wish they would have maybe threw in Two-Face and Mr. Freeze, but I'm not exactly sure why they didn't. Riddler? I didn't see him on the trailer. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that... Well, I know the story mostly focuses around the Joker, but 
it uh, it has nothing to do with the Dark Knight. It's just in in of a, in and of itself um, a story about uh, all the villains breaking out of Arkham Asylum. Okay. So on March third, um, Six Flags announced that the the Dark Knight roller or the Dark Knight coaster is not only going to be at the Six Flags Great America in Chicago, but also Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, um, and in Six Flags New England, Agawam, Massachusetts, which I'm assuming that's near Boston. Um, and I guess they also announced that the attraction will introduce new customized footage featuring District Attorney Harvey Dent, produced and shot specifically for the Dark Knight coaster. Um, the ride will also incorporate audio and visual elements from the film. The opening of the Dark Knight coaster will be perfectly timed to coincide with the debut of the Dark Knight, which opens, obviously, as we all know, July 18th. Um, March 11th, MTV.com got, got an exclusive first look at the Dark Knight merchandise from DC Direct. I will provide uh, the link to that so you can see all the things. It's basically... We've got Batman, a Batman bust, a Joker bust, and some other Batman and Joker figures. It it looks pretty cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into comic reviews. We got seven, so I've made them kind of. Sh- I made them a little shorter than I normally do, just because I want to get through them, because I do want to have plenty of enough time to get it to talk about the topic of discussion, because that I know can go on for a long time. Um. So let me just run through these comic reviews real quick, and we'll get right to the other stuff. February 20th, Batman Confidential number 13. I love how Morales portrays Batman and Nightwing. Wrath, a character that I first became familiar after I saw him on the Batman, but he has actually first appeared in 1984's Batman Special number 1. The story is turning out to be a good one, and even Alfred makes a well-placed appearance. The Confidential books don't always get the treatment that they should, as opposed to the main books. The story was very well developed, and the art was above average. 3.5 out of 5. February 20th, Birds of Prey 115. The story takes focus on one character with a long history, Lady Blackhawk, and another with very little, Misfit. Zinda Blake is confronted by a villain from her original 50s Blackhawk days. McKeever does a good job on taking an event from the past and putting the extra work into discovering what made each individual character tick. Misfit has been the major, other major focus of this arc, as opposed to Zinda, Misfit doesn't have much backstory to draw from, so McKeever fills in the blanks so that she does not appear appear to be a clumsy, energetic hero. The art matches perfectly to the story, 4 out of 5 stars. February 20th, Catwoman 76. Pfeiffer does a good job to make this story work. Catwoman had just ally, allied herself with Lex Luthor on Hellworld when she entered an alien lab and suddenly found herself back on Earth. But is but it's an Earth where Batman carries a gun. It does not take long to or for Selina to figure out that she's not on her home planet. Selina is somehow able to do things she was unable to do back home. She can do and be anything she wants. This is a great story and has a twist at the end that is perfect. The art remains a quite quite con- consistent though very appropriate. Three point five out of five. February twentieth, Robin one seventy one. By proof from this issue, Dixon has still has the knack to for to understand Tim Drake, what makes him tick, how he thinks, and how to make him interesting. 
He has done a good job by of writing Robin very well, having a new vigilante in town, showing a good working relationship between Robin and Batman that's built on mutual trust and respect, and even given Alfred some respects as well, while also trying to set up a social life for Tim Drake, for the Tim Drake aspect of the character. After Batman and Robin finish a routine bust, Robin is ready to start his homework tracking down Violet, with Alfred assisting him as he tries to figure out how to track her down. He also starts potentially seeing things in the skyline of Gotham, some someone wearing a very familiar purple, possibly the spoiler. The art is crisp and clean and gives the book a very polished look, 4 out of 5. February 20th, Superman Batman, number 46. This book has not been at its best since the departure of Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness. The different creative teams have really hurt the focus of this book that really should be one of DC's best books. They're already on this last one. Dig it better than the last couple. Superman and Batman found silver kryptonite and found out the effects, which were mildly amusing. The story was improving from the last few. The art was mediocre. 3.5 or 3 out of 5. February 27th, All-Star Batman Robin the Boy Wonder number 9. This issue featured a guest appearance by Hal Jordan. It had some interesting moments that anyone would find amusing. The last few pages show an emotional side to the relationship between Batman and Robin. This story was good as it should be for this series. The art was fantastic. If you're not reading this, you need to start. 4 out of 5. February 27th, Batman 674. This story has Batman strapped in and forced to listen to the third Batman's ranting as he tries to recall certain elements from the past and piece together the mystery from all the clues that are given to him while trying his best to regain and maintain his own consciousness. Morrison shows in this issue that he has had a plan all along. He does a good job in piecing everything together through the different issues, especially to show you how Batman thinks. The artwork by Daniel continues to impress, mostly with his action shots. 4.5 out of 5. On to listener responses. We got a fan from, let's see, I don't want to butcher this up, but Jalisco, Mexico. And it's from, her name is Monica, and she actually wrote a comment on the webpage as well as emailed us. And she's and the topic was finally a Batman podcast. Hello guys, I just listened to your podcast and think it's great. Although you should loosen up a little. If you need help, I could help you out with some reviews or something. But I don't have the technology to do an audio commentary, so only emails. Keep up the good work. Sorry for my English. Monica from Jalisco, Mexico, the land of tequila. P.S. I am such a Batman fan that I am thinking of getting a tattoo of the bat symbol. Should I? That's what you want to get. Well, I can admit that I do have a Batman tattoo. I actually have the Batman Begins logo right across my back. Um, I got awesome. that. I got that off over a year ago. So, if you're a Batman fan, hey, you know what? I if I I'm I'm not going to be opposed to it. Just make sure you want to live with it for the rest of your life. I know I'm going to be a Batman Definitely. fan for the rest of my life. So, with me, um, I was going to get a couple of tattoos and. And it's definitely people who I really care about and will never fall out of, like a phase or something. Exactly. But as far as uh, what she says, uh, loosening up, yeah, that's I guess what that's kind of my role here is to kind of offer a more kind of loose commentary that's not going to the script. Um, so yeah, I agree with that one. And also, you know, um, it's up to Dustin whether he wants to, if he wants to send stuff. 
Yeah, it's Monica, if you're listening, um, you are more than happy to get back to us. I did email you. I do apologize because I wasn't exactly sure if you were going to understand everything I wrote, so I kind of um, used a translator online to translate my message to you, so hopefully you would understand it a little better. Um, if you can get... Which one did you use? Uh, well, it was, it was English to Spanish. I just typed into Google and tried to find one, but... Alright, because uh, I'm going to say that the babblefish one isn't really good. Yeah, I'm just hoping it didn't come across as uh, offensive or something like that because the wrong words were interpreted the wrong way or whatever. But Monica, we are definitely interested in getting your input. Um, email us back or send us a message on the podcast. Uh, to everyone out there, our, the email address is batmanuniversepodcast at yahoo.com. And you can email us there, or as always, you can send pod mail through the webpage as well as set, uh, post comments on the webpage as well. Um, as we, as everyone knows, we do read the listener responses, and we want to get other people involved. Um, I, I do. Uh, so the other guy got back to you. He actually he did send me a message, and he said that he listened to the podcast and thought it was great. Um, I'm actually not positive. If he's going to be able to get on, but we're actually in the process of trying to get him to help out with the topic of discussion later on in the episode. So if he can get his stuff set up, we'll actually have all three of us chatting about the Batman animated universe. So let's just jump into Forgotten Villain. So the Forgotten Villain, his name is Torque. Uh, Torque is a supervillain in the DC Comics universe and an enemy of Nightwing. Created by writer Chuck Dixon, which is the current writer of Robin, and artist Scott McDaniel. He first appeared in Nightwing, Volume 2, Number 1, October 1996. Inspector Dudley Deadly Soames was the dirtiest man working in the corrupted Bloodhaven Police Department. He first met Nightwing when he was ordered by Redhorn, the police chief, to execute the young vigilante. Soames, however, betrayed Redhorn and allowed Nightwing to live, with the intention to pit various factions in Bloodhaven against one another. He played both sides of the legal fence. He led information on he fed information on Blockbuster's criminal dealings to Nightwing, served Blockbuster as a mob lieutenant, and oversaw many of the criminal activities of Chief Redhorn's corrupt tenure with the police. After Soames' scheme to use Scarecrow against Nightwing failed dis- dis- disastrously, Blockbuster grew weary of his underling and attempted to have him killed. Soames responded with surprising cunning and ultimately tried to take Blockbuster's invalid mother hostage as a part of a last bid of power. Nightwing attempted to intervene, but was forced to save innocent bystanders as Blockbuster twisted the dirty cop's head 180 degrees, leaving Soames for dead. Soames survived survived thanks to a breakthrough medical technique and retrained himself to move normally, seen through the back of his head, with the use of glasses and with built-in array of mirrors. Soames brutally killed the doctor that saved his life, morbidly renamed himself Torque, and gaining the support of Intergang, started a new gang war for the control of Bloodhaven, revenge against Blockbuster, Nightwing, and the city he now felt he owned. After descending further into madness, Soames was brought to justice by Nightwing, only to arrange a prison break with the help of the imprisoned vigilante Nightwing. 
This would prove his undoing since once freed, he wasted no time in returning to his old plans, even attempting to enlist Nightwing into his reign of terror. The vigilante, however, had a zero-tolerance policy for crime, and upon realizing Som's true nature, the two entered a Mexican standoff that only Nightwing survived. That being the evil Nightwing. Yes, the evil Nightwing. I was, I was trying to differentiate yeah. by saying Nightwing, because yeah. it's actually hyphenated. Um, Alright, on to upcoming releases. March 19th, we have, as I said earlier, the Batman Killing Joke special. Also, Birds of Prey 116, Catwoman 77, Robin 172, and Superman Batman Annual number 2. On March 26th, we have Batman Confidential number 15, as well as Nightwing The Lost Year, which we discussed earlier. Alright, well, uh, Michael isn't going to be able to join us today, but we're actually we're going to try to get him in on the next episode. Um, he's experiencing some mic problems, as we've all experienced in the past. Shutty mics. Yes, so uh, we're definitely going to jump in the topic of discussion. Um, and this week it's part two, uh, from uh, everything from 1990 to the present time. And there is a bunch of different series um, that we're going to cover but the majority of it's the Batman animated series by Bruce Tim, um, and Carl, I'll let you start on that. Right. Um, this is my favorite, and I know a lot of other people's favorite as well. Um, Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski were working on Tiny T Tiny Tunes, and they were asked to do this. Um, Eric Radomski was responsible for the backgrounds, and Bruce Tim was responsible for the way the characters looked, especially Batman. And it went with a very Art Deco look, and it pretty fit the character. And also, in my opinion, it is the most faithful, uh, closest to the comics version of Batman. Right up there, Batman Begins, but even more faithful than Batman Begins because Batman look and everybody looks how they do in the comics. And I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I I liked how in the series they they incorporated various different actual storylines from the comics directly into it. And also that was the first Batman series, uh, solo Batman series that there was that spawned a comic book. Um, they influenced the comic book a lot. Um, they... The um, sort of legacy of this Batman series was not only was it a brilliant Batman series, not only was it the first serious animated series of its type, not only did it win awards, but it also influenced and brought characters about that weren't the comics, but then ended up being the comic books. Mr. Freeze redesigned for this series, and then that was the general Mr. Freeze, and also Harley Quinn. Yes. And Harley, Harley Quinn was actually created specifically for the series. And because yeah. she was a popular character, actually was brought into the comics because of that. Same with Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy, who were not invented for this, but before that were little bit characters that were not as good. Yes. Um, as I said earlier, uh, the voice for Batman was Kevin Conroy. And awesome. And I'm almost positive that the majority of listeners that we have have all at least seen one episode of the Batman animated series, 
and they all know what his voice is and how he is so well known with it. Um, have you actually watched the featurette on it on the DVDs? Yes, actually, I have. That awesome where he says he goes. You just went to a very very dark place in his very mind in his voice. Yes, and he he did a good job in differentiating or dif differ. Uh, okay, that's the wrong word to use because I can't pronounce it. He did a very good job of taking um, two distinct voices exactly. for Bruce Wayne and for Batman. Exactly, and that's what that's what you were just talking about. By you know he could go to a di very dark place for Batman, but still have a normal voice when it came to Bruce Wayne. Much lighter. The uh, actually personified in a sequence in the very first episode on Leather Wings, when he's on the phone and he flicks the switch to talk as Bruce Wayne, and he speaks in his light voice, and he flicks it back, and then straight away he's back to Batman's voice. Awesome. Yes. And that's, that's a definite... Uh, that's a good characteristic when it comes to someone who's trying to voice Batman. Uh, for the most part, Christian Bale does a good job of different oh, yeah. uh, having the different voice tones uh between batman and bruce wayne which christian is christian bale plus. and um kevin conroy arguably uh, well not arguably but are the two best batman yes i definitely agree with that statement um one of the other well-known things about the batman animated series was that mark hamill who played luke skywalker in the star wars series voiced the joker and Unless, awesome joke voice. Yes, unless unless, unless you knew that he was the Joker, or unless you're a very like a very avid fan and you know, most people when they first don't know that. Yeah, when they first see the episodes, have no idea that the person who's voicing Joker is Luke Skywalker. Nobody has any idea, and he does a very very good job of making that voice and that character and that really. Laugh. Yeah, exactly. The that. best Joker laugh. Exactly. Um, it's just awesome, awesome as the Joker. He's made a very, very post Star Wars good, post good Star Wars career with doing voice acting, and this is personified in his Joker because you, you see in his laugh, it was kind of like it built up. It was like <laughs> it was like that rather than just kind of straight in there. Yes, definitely. And actually, here's a quick clip of uh, the Mark Hamill laugh that's so f popular. <laughs> that's what can you say? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. There's absolutely nothing more than we can that we can say than that's just it's original, and that's what made it the best. I just also love the look of the series really dark because um the people thought they were crazy because they wanted to do black backgrounds and then basically kind of paint or chalk the back of the character these backgrounds and the buildings and stuff like that onto a black background as a starting point and the traditionalists in animation thought they were crazy but it gives it a great look and also very art deco and and i think the, the art deco kind of uh was kind of derived from the original Batman 1989 because there was a lot of... The otherworldly timelessness. Yes, exactly. Um, there was also a lot of um, different villains that were actually created specifically for the the cartoon, including, uh, let's see, Sewer King, who ended up having a reoccurring role, <coughs> as well as um, Detective Renea Montoya, 
who became very popular in the comics as well and is also now currently the question in the DC universe and she got her start from being in the in the in the series um, also another just little other thing was one of the person one of the um, special I guess guests you could call them was there was a a couple different episodes where the gray ghost was featured and Adam West actually provided the voice for the Grey Ghost. That was cool. And I guess the great in the animated series, the Grey Ghost was similar to Zorro as the bat as the thing that Bruce saw when his right before his parents got killed. Awesome. And because of the popularity of the Batman animated series, it, lo- it led to. Uh, direct-to-DVD or direct-to-video releases of feature-length animated movies that oh. that were, uh, let's see, we started out with Batman Mask of Phantasm, 93. Before um, Batman Begins, that was the best Batman film. I, I definitely agree with that statement. Um, the, the movie was very good and had a very good storyline, um, kept true to the, the series itself as well as... Uh, most comics, most of the comics. Um, it was also more um, more adult um, orientated as opposed to the series because they could do more because it was a, a full film. film and Mask of Phantasm actually that was originally supposed to be a direct to video, but because of the popularity through production, uh, mostly because the year prior to its release, Batman Returns came out. Um, it was actually changed to be a theatrical release and actually only had mediocre box office uh, standings but was very well received by fans. Very awesome. Just just um, the, the things where they go back and they show Batman before he's Batman and when he's making the things and when he's falling in love and he goes to his parents' grave and he's like, I wasn't cast, I've been happy and all that. And then her leaving actually leads him to actually taking up Batman and and that scene where he puts on the mask for the first time and Alfred just looks at him in that fa- that face of fear and awe at the same time and awe, that is just a fantastic scene. Yes, that movie is definitely fantastic. We hit, And then in, uh, let's see, 97 we had Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. The film that Batman and Robin should have been. Yes, basically. I believe th- that movie came out in 90, or well, that uh, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero um, was released in 98, which was prior, uh, I believe. Post. Was that post? post? Batman and Robin. Because Batman and Robin was 1997. Okay. It was originally supposed to be released in 1997 with Batman and Robin, but they pushed it back because apparently that the main film was more important, although it ended up being totally shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, then... Let's see, then in 2003 they had Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. That was okay, still good. And that was also based on the same characters from Batman animated series. And the same kind of feel as the very, or well, volume 4, which was the last couple seasons of the Batman animated series. or as... Where it became the new adventures and we got uh, Nightwing. Um, we got the Tim Drake Robin. It was actually a combination of Tim Drake and Jason Todd because they couldn't do Jason Todd because of how how dark he gets toward the end and stuff. They basically combined the two and made Robin. 
and also the style change because they had less money I don't know why probably because of how crap Batman Robin was so that's how they got less money and uh, Batman got a much more square jaw although that Batman is the closest Batman to the comics yes I definitely agree with that um, then um, there was also um, at, a, at, at the end of the Batman series there was uh, the Batman Superman series, which was World's Finest, and they had the Batman Superman movie. They turned it all into one, didn't they? I saw it as the one. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, the It was originally entitled... Well, originally the Batman series was Batman the Animated Series, and then halfway through it, they changed it to The Adventures of Batman Robin when Robin was more of an apparent character... That was, because of Batman Forever. Yes, and that was up until 95. Um, in 97, they changed it to the new Batman Adventures, which also um, can be has also been called in, in the past as um, um, Gotham Adventures. If you read the comics, that was... Gotham Knights. It, yeah. It was, it was also called. Yes. Um, the... Next series, that that series ended in '99. Um, in '99, they started. Very, it actually ended in the middle of a season. They, there was no closing for that, which is a real shame. Which is actually what we got later on, as we'll get into in a minute. Yes, um, and then the next series that moved on was um, in the same year '99 uh, came to Batman and Beyond, which was the story of Terry McGinnis. The new Batman. I actually pretty like this Batman. Although I am not into kid Batman and I miss the cape and the darker look and, and the big, you know, like muscle Batman you don't get. You kind of get more of a Nightwing feel from him. But I did actually really enjoy the series and get to see what happened to everybody at the end. And I think what happened to Bruce Wayne is a better ending for him than Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Um, I like how they take the futuristic view and make it as, you know, Bruce Wayne can't go forever. We all know this. I mean, he's a normal man just like you you and me. Um, he, he, he's not going to be able to last forever. But Batman Beyond does a good job of showing how he comes to decide that he can no longer wear the cowl. Because he has to use a gun. Yeah. He basically, in the very first episode, explains that he had a heart he was in the process of having a heart attack because he's probably like 60 something years old and is forced to use a gun something that he swore that he would never do and at that point he decides to give up the cowl and then later on he meets he meets Terry McGinnis who ends up taking over the cowl in a more futuristic Batman uniform or Batman That's costume stuff and had the red wings and sort of batarangs come out of his wrists and stuff, kind of like um, John Paul Valley's Batman. Yeah, exactly. A much, much more futuristic for the fact that, you know, he could he could do the stealth thing where he could go completely invisible, as well as, uh, well, fly with the jet, or, well, like, rockets out of his feet and the, and the red wings, like you said. So that series went till uh, 2001, and then in 2001... They started Bruce Timm. Well, actually, it had a film. Oh, that! Oh, wow! I forgot completely. Forgot about that. Batman. One of the best films. 
Yeah, that was actually one of the best films because it's it showed how exactly um, Tim Drake, Batgirl, and those three kind of like broke up and really weren't yeah, together anymore. And Nightwing as well. Yes. Um, mentioned. The the good part about that uh, that movie was that they had. It, it it was basically it was Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, and there's actually two different versions of that movie. There's the regular and then the uncut, and I have both. And the uncensored is actually just a little more dark and Ooh, really dark. That and, is actually even even the cut version is actually the darkest one from that series, especially the flashback. Yeah, and I I really think the flashback it did some justice, but at the same time. I do think it it was a good movie in itself, but at the same time, it kind of uh, I think Bruce Tim kind of realized that um, Warner Brothers wasn't gonna let him do any more Batman, and he kind of wanted to give his own take on the on the Batman universe. Yeah, I I just really like it how dark it got, especially in the uncut version. I mean, over here. They only uh, released the cut version, but I have seen the clips online of the stuff that's uncut. Basically, Joker gets shot instead of electrocuted, and you actually see it. And also, Joker shoots one of the henchmen, and um, Batgirl talks to two prostitutes instead of to an elderly couple or whatever it was. And there's one more that I can't remember. I think, I think the last sequence of the transformation from Tim Drake into Joker is a bit longer. Yeah, and... I think the the it was it was a very very uh, good interpretation, but like I said, I don't I do think that uh, he went and he he tried to do his uh, own own kind of wrapping up of the Batman series when he did that. Uh, but, uh, the unlimited uh, episode, um, which we'll get onto in a minute, is actually the close of it all. Okay, and in 2001, that's when uh, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited started, um, and that ran for five years, and I actually, I liked the <clears throat> the interpretation of Batman as he is kind of a loner, doesn't necessarily want to be associated with a bunch of other people because he likes working by himself, and I liked how they incorporated him as the person who had something to offer even though he didn't have any powers like the rest of them. Mm. Definitely faithful to the Justice League comic book. Yes. Um, 2004 he did, he made a little uh, appearance in Teen Titans. He appeared as a silhouette in an episode. Uh, that's no big deal. And then... Uh, have you actually have you actually seen the final episode of Unlimited? Yes. And that's... The one where it's Batman... And it, it explained why Batman be, um, it's, uh, and how he, he looks so much like Bruce for black hair and all that, about him being a clone of Bruce, who's actually really his son, because his dad's DNA was, Terry's dad's DNA was overwritten. And also, um, the, one of the, my favorite sequences is that final sequence when he's flying after he spoke to Bruce, and he's accepted that he's Batman for, uh, the final time, and he looks a lot more like Bruce Wayne now because of it. He's all muscled and stuff. And he flies fast. And they're playing the Shirley Walker theme, one of the best Batman themes. 
and they're playing at the electric guitar about Beyond Style and you get the really like pumped up version of the Shirley Wilk theme on, on the electric guitar and it flies past the police blimp which is actually how they started the series of Leather Wings so it's really a nice real bookend and I really enjoyed that moment yeah I, I really enjoyed that that episode as a complete it really gave you the good thing about Justice League Unlimited was not only did like I said earlier not only did the episodes could be standalone episodes by themselves but the major each season in it, in itself was like a story arc basically like a comic book uh story arc and the entire last season of Justice League Unlimited was all about um all the stuff that could happen or that was going to happen um I actually haven't it's been a while since I've seen it but I I've seen that uh that last episode of Justice League Unlimited numerous times and that is a very good episode to give it like you said a very good bookend to the whole Batman animated series Batman Beyond just give it a a complete feeling for everything yep definitely fantastic and I'm not going to go too much into, but 2004 to just March 8th, 2008, The Batman, which we won't bash too much. I'm not going to go into details. Yes, we will. I'll tell you what. The thing about this was not only was Batman talking like he was a teen voice, not only did he look a lot younger, they kept a lot of the uh, characters, but they screwed up. They didn't care about any storyline. They didn't care about any, any continuity. The gr Joker was a gorilla. Mr. Freeze looked like some anime character or whatever he looked like, like a Pokemon or something. And they just basically changed everything for the sake of changing it. And, I mean, uh, granted they couldn't do the same thing as in the animated series, uh, being so faithful to the comics. But, at the same time, you didn't have to change it that much and you didn't have to be, you know, that kiddie-orientated. Whereas Batman the Animated Series was uh, generally aimed at uh, all the audience, the general audience. Adults could enjoy it as much as kids could because it had a psychological depth and a dark start of it. And at the end of the day, that series was a lot more kiddie, and they changed everything, and it was bleh. Didn't watch it. I I've watched a couple episodes, and I can agree with you. It was nothing like the comics. Number one, number two, the storylines were very well far fetched. They didn't make it seem like Batman could actually be a real, real. It, it didn't. It's not like Batman Begins, where it could be a reality thing. Um, the problem with it was that Bruce Tim did such a good job with his Batman and with the DC Universe as a whole of making everything uh, that... So faithful. Yeah, so faithful. And the fact that it ran... Uh, his whole... not Okay, his uh, the Batman animated series, uh, Batman Beyond, and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited were all Bruce Tim. So they were all consistent. And this was the thing was that that series ran or well those series ran in consecutive order from 1992 to 2006. Okay, up until 2006, or was I'm, I might be getting off. What was Justice League? Yeah, ran until 2006. In the middle of Justice League running, then Warner Brothers decides, oh, we want to get back on the Batman hype because. Batman Begins is coming out in 2005, so they put out the Batman cartoon in 2004, a year before. 
But the problem with this episode, or with this series was, in my opinion, was that it was kind of like they were trying to reinvent Batman. Something that did never, never needed to be done. Batman himself wasn't that changed, although he was a lot more kiddie. And I think they were just trying to appeal to the kids a lot more. And it was not, the adults could not watch this show and enjoy it as much as the kids, uh, unlike the previous version. Right, and one of the, well, honestly, one of the things I didn't like was um, the way Batman was was drawn. Um, and part of that was because it seemed, I'm not, I'm not against anime, but I prefer the Bruce Tim Batman over anime. And this I think they just I think they just um, went so stylistic in the original version that if that they wanted to go a different way with it, and it went and it, you could see it happening in the later versions of the Bruce Tim. They were going a lot more kind of black lines around everything and stuff, just a lot less sort of paintbrushish. Yeah, well, see, one of the things is the producer of this Batman show was also the producer of the Jackie Chan adventures. And the animation style is pretty much exactly the same for both, and that's the problem. The problem is that um, it does not only does it not follow the 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 continuity set by the comic books or of the Bruce Timm series, it decides to start a whole new like myth of Batman. They change all the villains. Yeah, well, for the sake of changing them. Yeah, they they changed all the villains and then. In season four, they throw in uh, Robin and uh, Batgirl. Batgirl looks like she's about five years older than Robin. Robin still looks like he's nine. And they're trying to pass him off as Dick Grayson. Well, if anybody who reads the comics would know, they have to be around the same age. That's the whole idea, is that the two of them are around the same age. They didn't really care, did they? They just kind of went with their own thing. Yeah, and then at the very end of season four, that's when they started trying to throw in all of the Justice League uh, f- characters like Martian Manhunter, and then eventually we had Green Arrow, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and then Superman ended they up making They basically tried to do their own version of the Justice League, Yeah, but they weren't getting enough ratings. Yeah, I think what it was was they saw the excess that the J- Justice League had and they decided, oh, well, they're not coming back anymore, so let's try to get some of their success by throwing in some of the characters that were popular on that show. And that's basically what they did. Uh, hey, look, we have Superman. Come watch. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's the best way to get somebody to watch your show is by throwing in Superman. Especially, I mean, it's also amusing because they threw in... Um, they they tried yeah exactly they did have uh one episode in season 4 that was that had elements of Batman the Dark Knight Returns series it's set in uh 2027 and it featured uh Barbara Gordon as Oracle Dick Grayson as Nightwing and Batman and the Batmobile are both very similar to Mil- uh Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns but that 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 episode probably uh, is probably the, the only episode out of the entire series that's even remotely true to the comics and everything else. 
that's one the one I forgot. Um, in the new adventures, did you see the episode called The Legend of the Dark Knight? You have to refresh my memory. Um, there's an episode where they basically said, right, let's tip our hat to all the best comic incarnations of Batman. And they have these three kids, and they're basically walking around talking about all the different versions of Batman that they think exist. One thinks he's like this pterodactyl predator, one thinks he's like, you know, like Adam West, and one thinks he's like um, Frank Miller. And they all tell a story, and there's a, and there's a segment where it's the Bill Finger Batman, like, drawn the same as Bill Finger, Robin has pixie boots, Batman's all like, oh, yeah, it's all chum, and he's all kind of happy and talking and stuff. And they're in a museum, and they're sort of fighting on giant instruments and stuff like that, and the Joker's all kind of just a harmless clown, really. And then they cut, and then they go to... Uh, now, this is what I may think of it. They did the Frank Miller stuff. Um, they did the Dark Knight Returns, a scene for the Dark Knight Returns, kind of an, a combination of the two fights with the mutant boss, put them together, and word for word... Uh, just about, um, you know, they had uh, Michael Ironside doing Batman, and he was in the proper tank, and it was actually Dark Knight Returns. That's that. There was a whole segment just like Dark Knight Returns. I'm gonna have to check. I'm actually when we get done recording this podcast, I'm gonna have to watch that episode because I cannot remember that episode at all. For type into type into YouTube. If you type into YouTube, uh, Frank Miller Batman, it should come up. That segment of the Dark Knight Returns should be. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I have I have the discs on DVD, so I'll probably just check it out. Oh, right. Right. But uh, I'm definitely going to have to check that episode out because I don't remember that episode very clearly. I'm sure once I start watching, I'll remember it. But It's awesome. That, that, oh, and they also have a guy called Bowl uh, <laughs> who starts talking about how the Batman can fly out walls and how Batman's good because he's in a tight leather outfit and all that. He's called Joel. Yeah, which is amusing. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's that about wraps up the Batman animated universe. Um, one of the things I do want to say is, if anybody wants to give some input in the Batman animated series, you can always email us at batmanuniversepodcast.yahoo.com and give we us. We need some more responses. Yeah, we definitely need to get some more responses. Um, but give us your input. Tell us what your favorite animated series is. Tell us what your favorite episode is. Um, and we'll, t- we'll talk about the episodes in future. We'll talk about your responses in future episodes. Um, definitely want to get your input. Um, I know I know, I, I know I, I'd like to get more input from everybody. And I know Carl does as well. Yeah, you'll, you'll get them read out and stuff, and stuff, and we just like to know how we're doing and uh, who's listening to us. Yeah, we definitely, um, the problem with the website that we have the podcast come out of is that we can't monitor where everybody's downloading the the podcast from. I mean, we do know, obviously, they have, we, we're over in England because Carl's over in England. But uh, we and we know we have U.S. listeners, and because Monica emailed us from Mexico, we have Mexican listeners. But everybody else who's listening, let us know where you're from and who's listening, um, and we can get we can get you on the air and s- see what's and going your on. Your opinion, just just let us know your opinion and how we're doing and what we could do to the show to make it better. Definitely. All right. Well, next time on. The Batman Universe podcast, obviously, as always, we will have movie news, book news, general news. There won't be any TV news as of late because, obviously, the series is canceled. So, we won't have any TV news, but we will have general news, 
comic reviews for Detective Comics 842, Nightwing 142, Batman Confidential 14, Batman Strikes 43, Gotham Underground number 6, Green Arrow Black Canary number 6, and Simon Dark number 6. And also we will be doing Forgotten Villain as always. We will be reading listener responses and topic of discussion. Carl, what do you think we should do for topic of discussion next time? Um, I had one earlier. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, I think it was it was something to do with films or something uh, or something about that or what we could like go over and discuss like what we think of each of the films. Yeah, we we could do that. Um, anybody? I had a better idea, but if I remember what it was, I'll email you. Okay. Um, but if if uh, we end up doing films, email us about what's your favorite Batman film, um, and we can talk about that during the topic of discussion. If that's what we end up doing, otherwise, we'll still tell everybody what your favorite Batman movie is. Um, as always, you can always check out the the web page at www.batmanuniversepodcast.podomatic.com, and on that website, not only can you subscribe. But you can also check out all the links that I discussed earlier. And you can email us, batmanuniversepodcast at yahoo.com. Let us know what you think. And we'll talk to you next time. This is Dustin. And this is Carl. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Batman Universe Podcast.